It is no secret that less and less people are applying to the tests. When that occurs, um, you know, it's the typical supply and demand thing you learn in economics class. If supply is down, the cost has to go up. Career departments, as you see across the United States, are providing incentives, moving up pay. Angeles. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me today for another edition of Code 3. This is the show that gives you all the information on a firefighting topic you need in about 20 minutes. Let's get started. We're getting close to the end of another year, and this one, like the last few, seems to have been pretty difficult in a lot of ways. Things are looking a little murky as we try to see into the future for the fire service. Of course, firefighters in general can be just a bit pessimistic, but is it justified? Well, that's why I've asked today's guest to give us some insight into next year. I figure if we have an idea of what's coming, we can be better prepared for it. Dr. Randall W. Hannafin is an Assistant Chief of Operations for the Westchester, Ohio Fire Department. He's also an Associate Professor at American Public University's Emergency Management Program, an Adjunct Professor at the University of Cincinnati, and he's CEO of Hannafin & Associates, a National Fire Service Consulting Company. And Randy Hannafin joins me now. Welcome back to Code 3. Hi. Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. All right, Randy, it's crystal ball time, and you happen to have yours handy, so let's look into the future. 2023. All right. Firefighters have been getting harder to recruit for the past several years now. What impact will that have on career departments? Um, So it's going to have an impact on career departments, combination departments, and volunteer departments. As we've seen, if you look at Pennsylvania, the number of volunteers since the 1990s has drastically decreased. That requires a lot more reliance on career personnel. Some departments have went to a part-time personnel, but as we continue to see hiring take effect, more departments moving towards that career, so the part-time and career are less available, and now career departments are battling for the best talent and personnel available. Um, As we know, over the past few years, it's no secret that less and less people are applying to the tests. So when that occurs, um, you know, it's the typical supply and demand thing you learn in economics class. If supply is down, the cost has to go up. So career departments, as you see across the United States, are providing incentives, moving up pay, all those things that you know, really increase the cost of personnel. And when you look at a career department, anywhere from 80 to 90 90 plus uh, percent of the budget is personnel. So obviously that'll have a pretty drastic effect as that uh, supply and demand curve uh, takes effect and affects some departments. Well, all right. With that in mind, will fire departments have to offer better pay to attract quality candidates? I think that'll be a community by community choice. You know, some are pretty well locked into the budget. It's not like you can just go back and double your budget easily. Some have some ability to move the amount of money they spend year to year on uh, fire and EMS services. So obviously they're going to want to increase the pay or 
give extra time off or, you know, some incentive to make what's going on in their organization better than what may be going on in neighboring organizations to try to attract that top talent. Maybe it's uh, leadership principles. You know, there's some no cost ways to do those things as well. So I really think it'll be left to each department to decide uh, how they make that transition. But obviously, you know, basic economics tells you if there's less supply and more demand, the price increases. Who's going to be hit harder by budget cuts, career or volunteer departments? I would actually say your rural areas are going to take a a larger hit. So if you really think about it, um, even if you gave firefighters a 10% raise, that's generally a 10% change in your budget. While most elected officials would not like to see that, that's a whole lot easier to absorb than the loss of volunteers and now you have to pay. So essentially it's a 100% change in your budget that you have to do to go from volunteer to paid personnel. And, you know, often a lot of times elected and administrative officials don't understand why that change has to occur if for the last 200 years that you were able to have volunteers, well, why can't you get them today? So I think they, on the rural side, have a whole lot harder time than those that are in the cities where it's just a slight adjustment to budget versus a 100% adjustment. Will an economic downturn affect the ability to recruit volunteers? Um, Certainly it's a factor. You know, if you have people that still want to do volunteer work, which may or may not occur in each community, obviously nationally that's declining in the fire service. But if they truly had a desire to do that, but they have to go out and get you know a part-time job in addition to their regular job, in order to offset those increased costs, well, every you know minute they're at the part-time job, they couldn't be at a volunteer capacity. So I think you know that does compound that a little bit beyond just the lack of volunteerism in the overall United States. If a community finds itself just unable to find enough volunteers to staff the apparatus, do they typically start up a paid program, or do they ask for more mutual aid from surrounding towns? Typically, what I've noticed in in working around the country in a consulting capacity is that you'll typically find during the day, the volunteers cease to exist, and then you'll start seeing runs that either start becoming very shortly attended and or they're calling neighboring volunteer departments. That's usually what occurs. That usually puts a strain on both that department and the neighboring department's Uh, which then leads them to try to put at least a couple of paid people on staff during the week, during the day. And then typically from there, it continues to grow to, you know, maybe it's at night during the week, maybe it's the weekend. So typically it's a, a phased approach so that, you know, as I talked about, when you go from completely volunteer to paid, it's a hundred percent difference in your budget. So They try to ease that in the best that they can. We've been hearing about supply chain trouble for a couple of years now. Does it come home to roost at the fire service in 2023? Uh, It's been to roost since about 2021. It's getting continually worse. They keep telling us that it's hopefully going to get better in the nearer future. But as people have to put budgets together and figure out their capital improvement projects, such as, you know, apparatus, firehouses, and, you know, other equipment that we use, a lot of those are having to be pushed forward to accelerate the purchase so that as the delay time goes in, 
that they can actually have working equipment. So most larger departments have an apparatus replacement program. So if they intended to keep a, a vehicle for 15 years, they would typically buy it at year 14, put it in service in year 15, they're on their way. Well, now it's, you know, do I have to go back to year 13 or year 12? What do I have to do to accelerate those purchases so that I can actually replace the equipment when it needs to be replaced. It sounds like departments are going to have to plan further ahead thanks to both budget and supply chain problems. Is that true? Yeah, I think the the big issue is as you push them forward now and try to accelerate them, you know, that's on top of the increased personnel costs. So I think that, you know, it's a compounding issue that has come up. So I, I think it's, again, you know, each department has to deal with it as they do, but, you know, as those costs start to compound, you know, it drives budgets up significantly. Firefighters don't usually have to think too much about the national economy for their jobs, but what effect is it likely to have on fire agencies that rely on tax levies, for example? Sure. So, you know, either you rely on a tax levy or you rely on um, earnings tax, etc. So if you look at the bigger overall market, you know, Obviously, market volatility up, down, it, it's cyclical, um, but you're starting to already see that some larger service businesses are cutting people. So that's usually the, the first part of that, because as interest rates go up, it drives up the, the cost of housing, cars, and other large purchases that people pretty much have to have. They have to have a place to live, probably have to have a car. Um, so once those costs go up, then a lot of the non-necessary spending, which is often in your service industry, starts to go down. And you're starting to see some of those uh, go down already. Um, so if you're a city that takes earnings tax, so every job lost through those you know, is an elimination of an earnings tax. Once that starts working its way up into the people that are buying houses and have to pay taxes, um, obviously, if they're paying more for the overall house, they're less inclined to you know, vote for more taxes, which, you know, might be needed for the increased costs that we already talked about. What steps can fire departments take to get out ahead of these problems if they seem coming? Oh, you got a couple of things. Obviously, uh, making sure that you have good programs in place to take care of employees, you know, finding creative ways to make it so maybe you don't have to spend money. Obviously, you know, you look at, you know, Mavlo's hierarchy of needs. If we're not paying properly, then Typically, that's the first level. So while you're never going to get around it, there are other ways to keep people happy and employed in your organization. You're going to have to look and see how the supply chain affects you. Can you push a purchase back? Did you have some ability to hold on to vehicles longer, delay a station, or do you just have to, you know, take those things and find creative ways to fund them? You know, maybe... The payments aren't due until delivery, et cetera. So, you know, some of that may be able to be delayed from year to year. And then, you know, probably the most important thing is if you look at the overall is they have to go out and make sure that they're connected with the community, that they are engaged in the community. So when push comes to shove and, you know, there is a need for that extra money that they understand the importance of it, they're connected to it and you know, that's not the first time they've ever seen the fire department is the, the time they're coming to ask for cash, that they're actually involved in the community and make that connection ahead of time. A lot of this sounds pretty depressing. What good news do you foresee in 2023? I see the good news is, is even though a lot of departments have to make this transition, is you have a, a lot of 
younger people coming in, a lot of energy coming into the department. Uh, you know, if you look past everything, we had a, a downturn in the economy in 08. We all survived. Um, it, it goes back. So while it may be a little bleak, you know, this year, maybe the following year, you have to look at the long-term picture and realize that costs go up, costs go down, and that you're going to have to really look to the future and, and make sure you do a lot of strategic planning to make sure that you can, you know, absorb what is happening at the given time and what will be happening into the future. So, you know, I couldn't tell you what interest rates are going to do. If I could do that, I probably would not be sitting in the fire department. But I think, you know, everything's cyclical. Um, even though we had a downturn in the economy in 08, you look at where the stock market is comparative to that. So everything eventually comes back. You've just got to build in some contingencies to make sure you can uh, go with the roller coaster. All right, Randy Hannafin, thank you for giving us a look into the future on Code 3 today. Well, thanks for having me and uh, have a great year. And Randy's contact information is on our website at Code3Podcast.com slash 2023. If you have any questions for him, that's how to get hold of him. Now, if this look into the future hit home for you, please tell another firefighter about this podcast. It's the best way to get more people listening, so I'd really appreciate it. And if you liked it, chances are they will too. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more. I'm Scott Orr, and until then... Stay safe. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.